Do please turn with me tonight to the second letter of Corinthians, chapter 5, and our text tonight is the first verse. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle or tent were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. My question tonight, do you have principally an earthly home? I hope you do. I don't think we have any homeless people here tonight. Or do you have a heavenly home? A home that no one can touch, that the property market won't affect, a home not made with bricks and by hands, but a home that is eternal in the heavens. This is one of those verses that just stick in the mind. Paul, who is a tent maker, that was his profession. He was a pastor, he was an evangelist, he traveled across Greece, he traveled across Palestine, and yet he didn't rely upon being given a big, healthy, fat salary like some pastors today, I can assure you. That's not me. But some do. Paul's approach was to make tents, but also to preach the gospel. And it's as though he borrows one of the metaphors from his profession. He knew all about tents, I suspect. They were a little bit different to the ones that we go camping in today. But he describes his body as being like a tent. Do you know, there are almost no certainties in life. But the one absolute undeniable fact is that we're going to die. Do you know the coffin that you will be put in and I will be put in? The tree is probably growing already. Doesn't that make you think? Do you know I very rarely speak about the subject of death, but really that's what partly this verse is about we know that if our earthly body or tent were dissolved in 2020, before COVID really fully got to grip, 600,000 people in the UK died in one year. That's only about one in a hundred. It's something to do with the baby boom or something like that. 600,000 people. Not all of them in old age. Death. We don't like to think about it, but it's a fact. It's a reality. I can't tell you anything else about your life that is as certain as death. Unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes for the second time while you're alive, the only certainty I can tell you is that you and I will die. And the day and the time and the hour and the minute is already set. I don't know. They used to say that the mafia knew the time, the date, and the place of some people's deaths before they happened. 
But I don't know your death and I don't know mine. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, the word of God says. So there's two pictures in this verse. Paul speaks of a tent, something insubstantial, held up by a few bits of string, a few guy ropes, its light, just a few tent pegs to dig into the sand or the soil. It's very vulnerable, it's fragile. A storm comes, it's gone. Don't know whether you like camping. My wife thinks I don't like camping, but I've never really said that. Camping, if you've had a good experience, it's good. If it's warm and sunny, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Under the stars and the warmth. But if you've had a bad experience of wind and gales and gale force five, would you do it again? Go camping again? A tent. Paul says, your body is like a tent. The storms of life come, your tent could get blown away. Your body, your life, gone. But then there's another picture here. He speaks not of a tent, but of a building. A building, this is a solid building. We're so glad, a hundred and twenty or so years ago, that this was solidly built. We've only just had to replace the first window a few weeks ago because it was well built. But there's a few cracks, a few things that will need to be repaired. But the building here is a building not made with hands, a building in the heavens. This is a celestial building, a building made by God, which is indestructible. Where's your investment in life? Is it in your body? Is that what you're chiefly interested in? Or is it your soul that lives after death and it either goes to be with God forever or to be away? from God. The Bible has no intermediate state. Some people teach there's heaven, there's purgatory, there's hell. The Bible doesn't mention it. That's been used in history as a device to negotiate money from people and to deceive them and to say, well, you'll only stay in purgatory for so long if you give and give and do and do. No heaven is a place that you can't earn. This building you can only enter by faith because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why it's a house not made with my hands, my deeds, my works, but a building made by God. It's robust. It's durable. I go to prepare a place for you, said the Lord Jesus. My Father's house has many rooms, many mansions, and there's room, there's room. Noah, he had a big ark, didn't he? 
there was yet room, but the people didn't want to enter. In the end, it was a finite, specific number of those who were willing to come, who could be rescued from the global flood. But that was a shaky building. It was good when the flood came, but we haven't found it, not yet. A building not made with hands. Let me speak tonight about three things, just three words. I want to speak about perspective. I want to speak about assurance. And I want to speak about how you view the future. First of all, perspective. Turn back to chapter 4 and the final few verses. This is something very difficult to explain to children. Let me do my best tonight to young people by giving a few illustrations. Perspective. We were walking across the park this afternoon. My wife didn't know what I was going to speak about. Sorry to mention her again. But she said, look at the leaves. You only get to see the autumn leaves when you stand back. And you look at the colors and the contrast and some falling and some on the trees. You get perspective. don't know whether you've washed the windows at home recently. You wash them and rub them and scrub them and wipe them and you think I've done a really good job there. And then the sun comes out. You stand back and you think, oh dear, did I really do that? Do you know I wasn't until I was 25 years old that I first went in a commercial aeroplane. I went on one with the RAF once, but I flew over London on the way back from a flight working to Dublin for the first time. And I'd lived in London for four years, got to know pretty much what was where and where all the landmarks are. Driven around many of the streets, but not until you've been in an aeroplane. Do you really understand how much the River Thames bends, bends back on itself? It's extraordinary. You don't get perspective until you stand back and until you look. And really what Paul is saying in verses 16 17 and 18 is the Christian perspective on life. There's five things, very briefly, that he mentions here. There's couplets, they're opposites, contrasts. He says in verse 16, my outward person, the outside of me, it gets wrinkled, it gets arthritis, it starts to look older. You see somebody you've not seen for three or four years and you think, oh, they've aged a bit. And then he compares it to the inward man. Paul, so much more concerned about his soul, his heart, his character, the outward and the inward. He's got perspective. Secondly, he speaks about his body being perishing. Just like a hot water bottle, the rubber inside, it perishes, disintegrates. 
And he sees his body disintegrating, maybe his thorn in the flesh. He sees it perishing. And then he looks at his soul. And day after day, his soul is renewed and refreshed. He draws near to God. He comes to the word of God. He prays. He speaks to God. And there's renewal, constant refreshing, revitalizing renewal within the life of every believer, outward, inward, perishing, renewed. You see, which is you? Are you focused on the outward, on that which perishes, or the inward, and that which is renewed? Then there's this wonderful verse, a favorite of many. He speaks about his trials and how many trials the apostle Paul had in prison, shipwreck beaten 39 stripes twice and he says it's just a little thing just a light affliction my pains the persecution it's nothing nothing I put it in the scales it doesn't even register compared to the eternal weight of glory. What a phrase. If you are a Christian tonight, in the scales of your life, the scales have collapsed in one side because you have this weight of glory waiting for you in heaven, two uses of the word. What an extraordinary thing to say for Paul. All his pain, persecution, troubles and affliction, just like a tissue paper, compared to the eternal weight of glory. His eyes haven't seen, his ears haven't heard what awaits him. What perspective on life we could do with hearing that, couldn't we? Just light, affliction, even war and troubles. If you're a Christian, they're just nothing compared to what's ahead. He's got a fourth illustration. He speaks in verse 18 about the seen and the unseen, and then in verse 18 about the temporal, the passing, the things that are gone like that, like Christmas, come, gone, the tinsel, over, like fireworks, exploded. And then there's nothing compared with the eternal, which is substantial and forever. Which one are you? Do you see the five things? What interests you more? The outward, the perishing, the difficulties and the troubles, the things you can see, the things that are just for now, or the inward? The things that are renewed daily, the strength that comes day by day, the things that I can't see, and the things which are eternal. Oh, Paul has got so much perspective on life. Every true Christian can see life in the way that Paul does. Well, have you been camping? 
Imagine you're going camping. Perhaps you're a father and you've got two children, two sons. And they say, Dad, 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 we desperately want to go camping tonight. And you've seen the weather forecast and you know there are storms ahead. You know at about 10 o'clock it's going to lash down. And so you say to the boys, you don't want to dampen the enthusiasm. Yes, of course. You get the sheets off your bed and you get some rope and we'll tie them up on the trees and you know you have a fire and some sausages and all that sort of thing. And at nine o'clock the boys go to sleep and you make home. You go back into your bedroom and you get under your duvet and sure enough, ten o'clock, the rain beats on the house and there's a knock on the door. And the boys have said, Dad, I don't really like camping. Do you know that's what the Christian says? The Christian says, I've got a secure, warm, comfortable home. I don't need to be in the tent. This tent is just passing. One day I'll go to my real home and I'll be safe and secure. Secondly, let's speak a little of assurance. What does Paul say? He says, we know. Who's the Chancellor of the Exchequer tonight? Can you remember? Four in four months? Just about remember who the Prime Minister is. We can't quite remember all the things that happen in life because there's so many uncertainties. But Paul says, do you know, I know this. And every other believer, he says, we. He speaks on behalf of every Christian. He says, you see this body that's perishing and decaying? He says, if it's dissolved. The word means dismantled. If the tent's taken down, if the guy ropes are slackened, suddenly, maybe slowly, oh, don't worry. I know, I know I have a home in heaven. And you know, that's where all my confidence is, my certainty, my investment in life, is in heaven. He speaks elsewhere and he says, the dead shall be raised. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? He knows that death is just a passing river to eternity. He knows that beyond the grave he's got his eternal home. Do you know there's many in the word of God that speak in this language? I know, Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he would see him on that great day. The Apostle John said, we know that when he shall appear, Christ comes again, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This isn't arrogance. Some people think they know the future. They don't. But Paul did know that death was not the end for him. And you know, he was almost ambivalent. He says, do you know, I don't mind. If I stay in my body and live to 90, 
Oh, that's good. I can preach the gospel. I can live as I ought to live. And if I die and the tent gets taken down, I get to be with Christ, which is far, far better. Oh, what confidence he has. We know, every Christian can say, I know that my Redeemer lives. But let me speak about the future, just as we close tonight. I wonder if you've ever met an estate agent. You've been looking round a home, maybe to rent or to buy. You go to the estate agent and you say, Oh, is anyone out? Oh, yes, everybody's interested in this one. This is so popular. Oh, and it's got many period features. It's got so much space and you look and you think, how do I fit a double bed in that room? And they tell you a pack of lies or half-truths. But this is Paul. He's realistic. He's honest. He speaks about his body and he says in verse 2, sometimes my body aches, it groans. I want to be clothed in a different body. We have elderly people here tonight and we have some at home. And the body, it's failing. It's groaning. And Paul knows what that feels like. And he's honest about it. His memory perhaps isn't what it once was. His bones and his joints are aching. But you know he's realistic. He's not like one of those estate agents that says, up, up, up. He says, life is tough. The body fails. My body is giving me like a thorn in the flesh, he says. But you know he doesn't mind because he has an eternal future. He's got a confidence. Let me ask you that question tonight. How do you view death? I don't ask that to make a child frightened to go home with nightmares. I ask that question because death is a fact. It's certain. The Apostle Paul says, if my body was dismantled, if it was destroyed, I know I have a home in heaven. There are places in the world in the last few years that have been affected by tsunami and earthquake and the storms come and everything is dismantled. What about your life, your body? What about your soul? Can you say with the Apostle Paul, if my life, if the tent gets taken down, I have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. There is a wonderful hymn. It goes like this. My rest is in heaven. My rest is not here then why should I tremble when trials are near? That's the way Paul looked at life. He saw the difficulties. He was realistic. He wasn't like one of these health, wealth, prosperity, gospel people that say, if you're sick, you've got a lack of faith. 
And if you have financial problems, it's your fault. Everything is a direct result of sin. That's a lie. We have problems in life. Sometimes the mind gets sick. Sometimes the body is unwell. And that's life. That's what happened to the Apostle Paul. That's what happened to the Lord Jesus. He went through life. He knew what life was like. The Apostle Paul says, Do you know, I have a confidence about the future because I'm not dependent on this body. One day it will be eaten by worms. It will be put into a box. The lid will be shut. And that will be the end of my tent. But my soul will be with God, will be with Christ. Christ now lives within me, but one day I shall see him, I shall hear him, I shall know him. And I hath not seen, nor ear heard, what God has prepared for those that love him tonight. If your heart and body ache, take cheer. Have this confidence. The confidence that Paul had said here this evening. Look at this verse. Can I close with a challenge in verse 10? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, that's the single reason why people don't like to talk about death. If you want to make a room go quiet, if you want to be unpopular, speak about the reality of death. People will change the subject. But Paul says in verse 10, For we must all appear after we've died, after the tent has been taken down, before the judgment seat of Christ. But look at verse 11. This is a lovely verse to finish with. Knowing that God is just and holy, and he will punish my sin. We persuade men. And you know the wonderful thing is if I've trusted in Christ, if I've repented of my sin, I don't fear the terror of the Lord. Because I know I have peace with God. I've been reconciled to him. And you know all that death is, is a stepping stone to glory. I don't have any fear of death. The best that death can bring far outweighs the loss, which isn't for me. It's for those that we leave behind. And so we persuade men and we appeal to their consciences and we say to them, don't put all your focus on the here and now, the physical, the outward. Think about the eternal, the spiritual, the heavenly. Where's your home tonight? Do you have a heavenly home? Or is your focus on your earthly body, which one day will disappear and will disintegrate and be dismantled and finally be destroyed? Oh, come 
to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, the one who said, I have a place for all who will come, come to him. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we're thankful for these comforting words in the context of a difficult and a harsh subject, the subject of death which is so real, and it is the fact of life that we will one day die. Oh, help us, we pray, to have that heavenly home and to seek it and to ask for eternal security in Christ. We pray this now in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. We sing our